0: welcome back into house of wrestling for this inside the ropes
1: exclusive we are joined here today by somebody you may know from wwe television is mojo raleigh but he is out now on the world as mojo mutati mojo hey. dean thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today of course brother it's been a while man good to uh, link back up i guess i should say everybody could see you uh weekly on TMZ sports now I think that's probably the big crown jewel in your your media empire at the moment yeah
2: (laughs) weekdays every weekday baby that is one of my favorite jobs I've ever had love it over there with those guys and yeah man what a fun position every day to hang out with some buddies talk about sports and business and lifestyle and it all colliding
1: Dude, I I know there's a lot of, you know, TMZ, right, a lot of opinions, but when I worked at the deli on my lunch shift, I would call into TMZ Live back in the day, and it was really great experience, had a good time, and you guys broke some news here this past week, you had Darby Allen on, and he's going to go to the top of Mount Everest, that's what he said at least, right? Yeah, that doesn't
2: surprise anybody. Um, You know, I met Darby fairly recently. It didn't take me long to figure out what what that guy's all about. Uh, Man, I love the wild side of him. I mean, obviously, it translates in and out of the ring. But that guy is always looking for some new thrill, some new adventure. And you would think, like, backflipping on four-wheelers with Travis Pastrana would be enough.
1: No, he's got to go climb Mount Everest. uh, So... Better him than us, I would say. <laughs> I got, I wonder how Tony... My first thought was, how does Tony Khan feel about this? Because, you know, Tony's obviously got billions of dollars. So, Darby will have the best Sherpa and everything, I'm sure. Because Tony can't have this multi-million dollar prize pony freezing and dying in a crevice at the top of the world. That's not going to be good for AEW if that goes down like that. Yeah, but I got to think Tony's got to love this.
2: I mean, if this is his daredevil, <laughs> his, like, wild you know, wild wrestler and he's going out and doing this stuff for real and in real life and, you know, very different ways, different industries. I mean, I just think that shines a lot of cool light upon the company as a whole. I mean, he's, he's backing up everything that he's saying and it's just how he is, man. He's always looking for the next biggest and best things. And, you know, it just lends him all that extra credibility when he's out there doing his thing.
1: I guess I did, the, the last, my last thought on Darby climbing the top of Mount Everest, and I did not anticipate talking about this at all. But I went and I looked, I looked this up, and it takes like two months to get to the top of Mount Everest. It's not like a short hike or anything. So he would be missing a lengthy amount of te- He will be missing a lengthy amount of television time to do this. I, I, that was my last thought on Darby. He,
2: he, he just needs to put somebody over real strong before he goes on this hiatus to excuse his absence. <laughs>
1: That's true. Maybe that maybe that's when we'll see an, a Darby Allen world title run come to an end. Right. Maybe he's on the precipice one it here soon. Okay. Um, well, Dean, he's going to the top of the world. You're going around the world. Uh, you showed up on my timeline recently in a subway in Japan uh, looking at your friend Mercedes Monet. How did you get to be part of the entourage? You've been a part of a few. we were part of that entourage and Morrison's celebrity boxing entourage. How did you wind up in the Mercedes Monet entourage over in Japan? Well, Mercedes has been one of my closest friends
2: for years. I mean, ever since you know we started with WWE, I think she started like a month after me or something like that. But she was always really cool, real down to earth, a friend of mine. You know, throughout the years, you know, we we've hung out, our our group of buddies, and you know, gaming and moving, movies and traveling, and all this stuff. So it was a really cool thing. And then you know, especially now that. You know, she's no longer with WWE. I've seen her a bit more. And, you know, I just, you know, love everything that she represents, you know, especially now with with my company, Steve and I's company, Paragon Talent Group. We've done a lot of work with her. So, um, you know, definitely wanted to go out there and see her do her thing. But, you know, I just really love everything that she stands for. You know, um, I know it was a little bit of a controversial you know, route the the path that her and uh Trinity took leaving WWE. But my goodness, I thought that was so, so cool, so unprecedented unprecedented, you know, going in there and really standing up for for what you believe in and really betting on yourself. And you know, that's a lot about, you know, what our our company's about right now is just really betting on yourself. Um it it was it had to have been scary leaving that much guaranteed money behind you know this elevated platform this billion dollar global entity that wwe is to just you know essentially discard it and and try again to to bet on yourself and do new things and the fact that it has worked out so well for her I mean, it's it's really commendable. You're, you're seeing her pop up in, in other things, mainstream Yay! opportunities inside of wrestling, outside of wrestling. And, you know, really cool to see a friend do that above all. So really wanted to go out to Japan. My wife and I never had been there. I realized that my entire 10 years, nine years, whatever with WWE, I, I always ended up on the same international tours, which didn't include Asia. So, it was an opportunity to support my friend, to do a little bit of business while we were out there and do some some scouting and have some uh, you know business meetings, but also just turn it into a trip. And we did 10 days as soon as her match was over. Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, all the touristy things. They ate all the food, drank all the drinks, had an incredible time. I mean, that was one of the best trips we've ever had, for sure.
1: I, I just want to say that if I could, like, draw what an american looks like it's probably you dean like i i would imagine you walking around japan with your american hype you're probably drawing some attention to yourself as you go around am i wrong uh
2: you know not as much as i thought actually i thought the zubas would stick out like a sore thumb but That's with what Rivera, I mean. they're used to the zubas so it's not <laughs> i stick out more here i feel like but uh yeah dude it, it was fun there Lot of the wrestling culture out there obviously is incredible. I had heard about it, I had never seen it firsthand. My goodness, the, the Japanese people made us feel at home. Uh, they they just were so fantastic. It made for such a better trip.
1: So my, you know, I think it's interesting because Mercedes over in, in Japan. And by the way, do you think she's going to be sticking around in Japan? Do you think she'll continue to wrestle there for a while or, or with New Japan Pro Wrestling?
2: Well, you know, from, from what I understand, and I absolutely don't want to speak about her career because, you right. know, that that's her decisions to make, but I, I think she wants to do a lot of things right now. I mean, her star power, I feel like, is at an all-time high right now, even more so than when she was with WWE. I mean, with Mandalorian, she just finished her second season with them. I mean, I know she has a lot of stuff cooking right now. She's gotten a lot of requests for other movies, other television shows. And, you know, I, I think this kind of new trend of doing like, you know, three month, you know, limited campaigns with certain promotions has really been fruitful for a lot of people for the promotion. They get to ride the high of having a fresh talent in for a limited run that limited run that ends before they get too saturated and, you know, the fans kind of get used to them. Uh, But it also allows the talent, you know, some time to stay in wrestling, to have a great storyline and then go back to uh, some other new exciting things that they've done, because when you look about putting together a body of work and, you know, how your career is going to go for for a lifetime, Mercedes has done just about everything there is to do in wrestling so far. She's main evented WrestleMania for crying out loud. So, you know, just doing some other things, doing these other shows and movies, it just raises her star power so much so that when she does come back to wrestling, there's way more eyes on the product, not just from a wrestling crowd.
1: It's, it's cool to hear you describe it like that. I hadn't really thought about the the short runs and how, benefit, I mean, I, I could see how it's beneficial for everybody, but you're kind of describing like what the territories used to be, right? Where somebody would come in, work a three, four month program, and then they'd cycle out. They'd go up north. They'd work with a different group of people for a while. I mean, it's interesting in pro wrestling how everything kind of is old as new again at some point. I just thought that was something I grabbed out of there when you were, we were talking this then.
2: Yeah. And I think it just works out. I mean, there's so many hours of wrestling programming every single week and you see your favorite stars almost too much. And it doesn't do that talent. Always the, the biggest amount of favors, you know, in terms of protecting them, keeping them special when you see them. I remember years back, it was like, anytime you saw a wrestler, you, you didn't see them every single week. So it was like legitimate, exciting. You didn't know who was going to be on what show and in, in what cities and, yeah, I mean, it is really tough for wrestlers that are out there every single week to find ways to still stay stay hot and, and fresh despite all of that exposure. I mean, I was always one that thought, you know, it isn't a bad thing when you're not on TV every week. Cycle in, cycle off. Even if you are in an active storyline, you don't have to be seen every week. Make it special when you come out. And, you know, that's just the way the business works. It's always not a reality, and for some – Yeah, you do need your stars to carry the shows and drive viewership. So certainly easier said than done. But, you know, I I never really looked at that as a negative. You know, everyone could, you know, use a little bit of a a break, not only physically from time to time.
1: Well, you have had a little bit of a break here from an in-ring competition, Dean. And as you are helping all of these other wrestlers fulfill their all wonderful dreams and become very rich and famous. I know that's got to be very fulfilling for you but there is more opportunity now, right now, you know, we're we're obvious over at WWE, they've got their thing, but AEW looks to be having another two hour flagship show added to their product right now with collision, maybe about a week away. What are you, where's your head at right now when it comes to in-ring competition?
2: Man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting that itch brother. And I've had that itch since my last match with WWE, which is crazy it is to say, was almost three years ago. Yeah. I mean, obviously that first year I was knocked flat on my back with COVID, man. I I there was no chance I could have wrestled the match no matter how hard I tried, or no matter, you know, how good of a stretch I had, a day, a week, you know, maybe even a month of feeling like I was coming out of that thing before it would just, you know, crash back down. But yeah, you know, I've had these other really cool opportunities that have been keeping me busy. Um, financially, it's, it's been better for me, so it's been hard to, um, you know, cut back on those situations that are making me more money than I, I was before even. But, yeah, I, I miss it, bro. It's it's hard to watch. Uh, recently, I've started to, to watch a little bit more just because I, I miss it so much, and I'm able to watch without, like, getting... Not upset or jealous, but, you know, you want to be out there. You're not meant to be on the sidelines when you're a competitor. So it's challenging to watch others when you're not at that time. But, you know, I, I am getting that itch. and. I I think if I can find a situation that makes sense, that allows me to continue what we're working on so hard every day here with Paragon, um, certainly what does not make me, you know, stop co-hosting TMZ sports. If there's a way that, you know, I can kind of marry all three of these things together. Honestly, I think it just makes for a better, better overall package um, for whoever I'm working with to, you know, combine this in, just incredible entity that TMZ is and the, the reach they have, which is absolutely completely opposite to the WWE audience to kind of try and marry those together. And then, you know, be able to, you know, work Paragon in as well. I think that situation would make a lot of sense, but you know, it's going to take a little bit of time to, to figure out what that situation might look like and how to structure that properly.
1: Do you feel like this is a good time for wrestlers like yourself? that are looking to sign deals with bigger promotions while retaining some more of your individuality and do some of the things that you're looking to do
2: or no. Absolutely. And I mean, very, I mean, kind of still now, but it's a little less so now, like they were always more or less exclusive contracts. You, it was a full-time gig, you know, any part-timers would, would be perceived as caring less about the product or not being fully committed to the company. Um, but, you know, for so many, it's it's just not the case. There's so much more value to be derived from other opportunities to, you know, bring in new crowds, new audiences, new talent, uh, these things, if you can, you know, maybe reduce your, your total number of dates. I mean, my goodness, the case in points here have to be Pat McAfee, Logan Paul, Bad Bunny, I mean, they come in and they work their asses off and they take it very seriously and they train extremely hard for these matches, but then they go back and they do the other things that make them famous and pay them more money and have created their following. That way they don't lose that audience when they come back to to WWE or AEW Um, and it's just keeping everything full circle and you know, I think this is a recipe that makes sense, I think that's not something for everybody. I think there are a lot of people that obviously need to be there week in, week out to to carry that, carry the show and, and be the top dogs. I mean, I don't think there's too many people out there that should be thrust into a main event situation if you're only coming in in that limited role. I know I certainly wouldn't expect that if I was, you know, if I was doing that, I mean, if you're going to come in an entire year or something, to really put in the time and properly build a storyline. Sure. But if it's a three month stretch and then you're taking three months off and then you're back for three months I, off,
1: you know, I, it worked with Logan Paul though. I mean, I arguably did, right. They needed to fill the last Saudi show with something big. They, they put Roman in there with Logan Paul, got all kinds of buzz around it then logan didn't come back to the royal rumble you know i i think they should do roman reigns bad bunny you know i think you know do these crazy select feed feed roman reigns more celebrities that's really my philosophy well
2: i something i will say about that though you do got to be careful though because yes you want to capitalize on the massive star power of these outside celebrities but you got to remember who's killing it for you, killing themselves every single day on a day in day out basis that have committed their entire lives with zero distraction to the business. So when you see those celebrities coming in and stealing too much of the spotlight, carrying just a ridiculous amount of segments at a WrestleMania, think about how many guys that crushed themselves all year had to sit the bench for that opportunity to happen. So it really is a fine line of finding the way for those situations to fit in properly. Cause you really do feel bad. And I, I've been those guys, you know, I was that guy for nine years that, you know, <laughs> killed myself on the road and didn't necessarily get the best opportunities on TV, but you know, still the second I landed from, From a loop, I went straight to the PC and it was the same thing every day. Weights into in-ring, into film study, into yoga after that. And so, you know, my normal medley of what those off days would look like. It's like, man, I hated when I saw some of those guys come in and get the best spots, the top spots, you know, the main event spots with seven segments on a show. It's like, bro, give that guy two segments and then remember all of us who are killing ourselves. But you know, it, it, you're running a business at the day, end of the day, and you really got to be under, you know, understanding of that.
1: Well, it's interesting because, you know, it, there are rumors out there and we'll find out in a week. But A.W. could get like a billion dollars in a week. It, that's ridiculous to think about a bill, a billion dollars, maybe B. over 10 years. Right. B big money. Right. And now, you know, one guy that I think about when you're talking right now is Drew McIntyre. Like there's reports out there. He's out on TV. Maybe when his contract's up, he could be looking to try something else. You know, he was on WrestleMania, but he was in the Intercontinental title. But it's a guy who was the biggest thing in wrestling six months earlier, at Clash of the Castle. Now he's in here becoming uh, ground beef at the hands of Gunther, right? And, you know, not quite exactly riding the bench, but not where he was. I could see how him looking across the field, seeing, wow, this guy has a billion dollars now. I'm Drew McIntyre. If these guys respectfully don't want to put me here right now. I'm just going to go out and test the waters. He's done it before and he did quite well. You know, I think we'll see more of that. Honestly, as, as, as the next year plays out. So Drew
2: McIntyre, man, what, what an incredible guy looks like a million bucks, goes out there and just goes to war, works as hard as he can. I don't think in all the years of knowing him, I've ever heard him really complain about anything. Even when, you know, something's bothering him, he keeps that bottled up and, you know, For some guys, it works, but going on Twitter and, you know, airing out your grievances, never something I've really ever done. Um, Keep it to yourself. That comes back to bite you in, in too many ways. For some, it works. You know, if you figure out how to how to navigate that audience, certainly go for it. But Drew, man, what a what a hardworking guy you hate to see not only the career he had with WWE but everything he did outside of it to come back in how hard he's worked that he got his major run when there was no live crowds um your heart kind of breaks for somebody like that cuz yeah he won the world title but it doesn't feel the same when there's not all those people in a in a WrestleMania there to to really feel that difference and you can absolutely feel the difference for sure but i think that's why AEW's has just been so important for the game because yeah. they have put on just such an incredible high quality product it's so different than the wwe product but just you know having two power players in the game that you can make a great full-time living at and not have to worry about not have to have outside bookings if you don't want to because because you're making great money there it's just been You know, incredible. I always liken it to the NFL, man, because obviously that's where I came from. But it's like if one team doesn't see your value and they cut you and they don't believe in you, who cares? You got 31 other teams to check you out. Before it was just essentially only one place out there that could pay you that kind of, you know, top billing, very, very few individual exceptions. But now you got two, two places that that can do that, that guys can go and compete at a high level in front of sold out crowds and, uh, you know, challenge yourself, work a different style, grow as an overall competitor. And it's just been incredible as a business. Everyone's had to step up their game and escalate what they're bringing to the table. And, you know, as much as you see the fans try to battle online about it, you know, this this is a win for everybody. I I, I can't possibly see it any other way.
1: Well, you talk about uh, airing your frustrations, maybe coming back to bite you, not the best way to handle it. You know, As all this good energy is going around AEW right now, there's obviously still that tension looming from AEW all out when CM Punk very publicly decided to air his grievances in the most public, I, I, more than public way possible, bleeding from the head, drinking spindrift, eating muffins and talking trash, resulting in that big fight. Now, it doesn't look like the the hatchet has been buried here. Y- you have been in NFL locker rooms. You have been in WWE locker rooms. These are big money locker rooms. Have you ever seen a situation quite like this? Does, I mean, what, what do you think about the the inability seemingly for these top talents to not be able to, to move on from this incident uh, while everything's going on and do business right now?
2: Well, the great thing about professional wrestling is when there's real-life trauma and terrible relationships, man, it makes for really good TV. So that's something you can capitalize on in a big way. Um, And, you know, I'm I'm not inside that locker room. I I never have been. I only have some friends that, you know, I worked with personally. So you never know how everybody feels firsthand, how much of it is maybe exacerbated for, you know, potential future storylines. That is something that you kind of subconsciously always have in the back of your mind. If there's like a beef that you kind of want to let go and maybe squash publicly to move on with your life, maybe you don't because you can save it for a main event paycheck and a main event spot. You know, maybe you just pump the brakes on that and let it be. You really never know how it is. I mean, obviously, you know, the money that that guy can generate and the amount of merch he sells. So you can't really fully ignore that ever. Even if everyone hated him, which I know is not the case because he does have a lot of supporters over there. Um, you know again it just it just makes for good TV and it's really hard for for someone that's been in the wrestling business for a while to question if it's a shoot if it's a work and now being out of the business for a little bit at least from an in-ring's perspective uh it's a little harder to tell from the outside so it just makes it a little more exciting but again man it makes for greater ratings so I'm I'm very curious to see how, how that situation goes. I'll be watching as a fan, no question.
1: Oh, uh, I can tell you the interest. From my end, from the analytics I'm seeing, the interest in that particular story, very, very high. And I'm sure they'd all make a lot of money if they could do it. Now, I uh, kind of wrap up, you know, you you say you get the itch again here, Dean. You're watching a little bit more of the product. What is grabbing you right now? What are you enjoying from from pro wrestling at the moment? Um,
2: Shoot. I mean there's a lot of like good individual acts right now. I mean now it's been hard for me not to little like literally zero in on the business aspect of things and you know who's driving ratings and sales and you know the escalation between both AEW and WWE. I mean you know, everyone talks about the bloodline and and how successful that's been. It's been a really cool story. I mean Sami Zayn has always been a guy that was very very kind to me from, from day one. I had some of my earliest matches with him. My first ever baby-baby uh, match was with uh, with Sammy back at, I want to say it was like the Largo. No, not Largo. It might have been one of these Orlando armories, actually, um, which was learning on the job with, uh, with him, which was really cool. I mean, the year that he had was incredible and you know we all know he can work just the character work that he was doing the acting the selling my goodness that was just one of the more incredible things I had seen there's you know for people that don't watch wrestling certain storylines you can't take to them they're they're not gonna get it it's too absurd for them to watch I mean the work that those guys were doing you could send to anybody I could send to my buddies that are you know, power actors and in, in Hollywood casting directors and people and just be like, dude, check out this work that they did last night. It was it was absolutely incredible. I've gotten to talk to the Usos a little bit about what they were working on. Man, they they killed it as well. Um, I mean, that's probably been the most talked about storyline all year. So it's an easy cop
1: out to, to, to select that. No, for sure. And, you know, when you break up Sami Zayn, because Sami Zayn, wildly popular at the moment, the last time they were in uh, Saudi Arabia, the fans were actually chanting for Sami. And Sami not being able to perform in so- Saudi Arabia has been its own kind of little story because of his Syrian heritage. Do you, I mean, you were an ambassador over there. You did a lot of work in Saudi Arabia. Do you think that we would, do you think we could ever see Sami Zayn perform at a WWE event in Saudi Arabia? Um,
2: You know, I'm not sure. I haven't talked to him about it in a while. I don't think that was a situation. And I mean, you probably know better than me. I don't know how outspoken he's been about, you know, not pro or anti, you know, the, the Saudi Arabia deal, but just about his involvement in it. And you know why maybe he hasn't been over there per se. Um, I don't know. That's a hard question, man. Um, Anything's possible. Things are changing in Saudi on literally a weekly basis I mean I've heard I was talking to, to to some of the ladies that have been wrestling out there recently they've talked about how different it is over there I know from from me from my first show to my last show over there how much things have changed I mean I'll always have a you know kind of a biased mentality on on Saudi half my you know really my dad's entire side of the family lives in Saudi they're all there so that was always one of my favorite shows of the year, being able to go and see family that I hadn't seen since I was a kid and hang out with and meet their kids and their grandchildren and, and see all these relatives and, you know, go experience the culture. I get to practice my Arabic, which three days in Saudi, my Arabic was really good. You know, by the, you know, by the time I left, I get back here and I start to forget it immediately. But I always thought that was such a good situation. And with WWE making, I believe it's like $50 million every time they go over there, there's a reason why these pay-per-views are valued so highly. I mean, look at what they make for any other show. I mean, these Saudi shows are like on par with a with a WrestleMania and they're, they're, they're treated as such for a reason. So, I mean, that was a big time deal for the company from a business standpoint, from a financial perspective, looking at the adjustments, the, the stock made after that. I mean, that's certainly of note. Um, But yeah, I mean, for me, as someone with an Arab background, it's been awesome to have like a regular presence um, with power shows in the middle east and you know for me personally i'd love to see a lot of other middle eastern countries start to have w- more uh, wrestling shows and you know maybe that's something that paragon will have to take a closer look at this coming year
1: hey maybe it is it's all you know it's the, the little bits of symbolism you know a little bit of a, a little bit of progress a little bit at a time i i i would be interested to see if, if they would let sammy in you know i think it's obviously something the fans over there want um, we'll see if it'll happen. All right. Well, uh, Dean, I want to thank you so much, man. I took you a little over time here today. We just got carry a little carried away. Apologize. Yeah, That's all
2: good brother for you. We got plenty
1: of time. We got all the time you need <laughs> usually happens. Uh, uh, where do you want to send people to support you? Uh, Paragon, all of those wonderful things. Yeah.
2: You know, uh, I would love for people to check out Paragon talent group and you know, everything that we're doing over there, uh, started that company about a year and a half ago with one of my very best friends, a guy you know very closely, um, Steve K. Uh, he he was, yep, yeah, you know our guy, Steve. Familiar? <laughs> um, and yeah, man, the company really took off. I think last year in our first full year as a company, we did deals for 108 wrestlers and you know, that wasn't only contract negotiations and booking with bookings within the wrestling world, whether it be for, for matches, appearances, autograph signings. Um, we even have sponsored some of the international talents visas. We found a way to, to get that done, which was awesome. Cause you know, when you get fired from the bigs, that visa goes away and you get deported and your entire life gets dumped upside down all at the same time. So, Finding a way to be able to keep some of those talent here in the country to continue to do what they do has been probably one of the most gratifying things of the world or things that we've done in this company. But yeah, you know, reintroducing. The world of professional wrestling to to the outside world in terms of sponsorships and and brand deals and all of the other things that we've done that that's been a personal mission for us and it's it's gone exceedingly well man the company's really taken off and we've been able to work with uh, a lot of your favorite wrestlers bringing them all kinds of uh work so that way they can you know keep a closer eye on how they want to handle their professional careers wrestling they can take matches because they they want to and not because they they need the paycheck keeping people's rates stronger than they were before and just you know bringing a lot of extra eyes you know back onto the world of uh professional wrestling so check out the company check out what we're working on uh it's gonna be a big year for us we got some uh some big plans for this year that are already coming to fruition